0: This teaching is brought to you by Kingswood International Church, British Columbia. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all God has called you to be. Thank you and God bless you. Welcome to today's Bible study. Hallelujah. We've been taking a series in the last um, four weeks on um, hearing God's voice and practically how to be led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. We've learned a few things for ourselves. Um, We've learned that uh, it's God's priority. You know, God wants to talk to us. He wants to teach us. He wants to guide us. He wants to um, um, lead us into success. Praise God. The Bible, the Bible says in Psalm 23 that the Lord is our shepherd that we shall not want. right? The Bible says he makes us, you know, uh, he makes us to, to, he leads us beside the still waters. Be, not beside troubled waters, but he leads us beside the still waters. The Lord, um is always leading us in the right direction. Amen. He's always leading us in the right direction. He's always um there for us. He's always taking us through the path that um he there is guaranteed success. That there is guaranteed success. That's who God is, that's how good our Father is. Praise God. And we started with that. And, and like I said, all the other weeks, you know, trying to do a quick recap. I said that look. You can't outsource your spirituality. You can't outsource um, your ability to hear God, your ability to um, to to let God lead you. You know there are many people in this time and generation where uh, they want somebody else to pray for them. They want somebody else to to um, to hear God for them, right? They want to start a business. Um, they don't know what to do, so um, they want somebody else to pray for them, so that they can um, they can um, how do you call it? They will know what God's plan and will is for them. But child of God, that's not God's will. Child of God, that's not God's way. Child of God, that's not what God wants to do with our lives, right? That's not it. God wants to lead us Himself. He wants us to know. He wants He wants us to know. What he his plans for our lives? Praise God! And so, for the past four weeks, we've gone through different um, areas. We studied how God leads us. Right? We we talked about. Um, God leading us through um, the word, healing us through the inward weakness, healing us through an inward voice, hallelujah. We talked about the peace of God being a form of guidance. We talked about the conscience of, of the spirit man. I know we spent time saying that, look, one of the reasons why you should trust or we should believe that God wants, that, God, that, that you have the capacity to hear God is because you're a spirit. God is a spirit, man is a spirit. So it's a spirit-to-spirit communication, not a spirit-to-mind communication, not a spirit-to-flesh communication. It's a spirit-to-spirit communication, right? It's a spirit-to-spirit communication. You are made in God's image, and how is God going to talk to you? If God is a spirit. He's going to talk to you through your spirit, man. We talk about the inward weakness. We say, look, there's another being in our spirit, apart from our own spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says he is a co weakness he bears weakness with our spirit. I said, How do you know that you're born again? You don't know you're born again, except the spirit of God bears witness with you. It's when you when you got born again, you didn't grow taller, you didn't grow shorter. When you got born again, you did not um, you did not grow in size. You know what's your assurance of your salvation? is that, Lord, there is a spirit of God, The spirit of God in your spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. That you are a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's very important. Very important that you are a child of God. And so we, we spent the last four weeks, we checked, we went through different examples, different stories in the Bible, how the Holy Ghost leads, and how we guide, praise God, and we said a lot, and I can't, I can't do a, a good recap of those four weeks, because it's four hours of, of teaching, right, and today we are bringing this to a wrap for this season, right, because you can't, the word of God is inexhaustible, You can't, you can't finish God's word, you can't say we have dealt with the whole topic, praise God, maybe sometime next year, we might come back to this topic and look at it from different other angles, right? Praise God. But today, for this period of time, we want to bring it to a wrap. We want to close it down. Praise God. We just want to uh, uh, put a a temporary stop to this topic. And we want to look at some other areas. Let's go through our favorite scripture, um, our our key scripture, which is um, John chapter 10, verse 27. What does he say? My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me, right? I said earlier that, look, my sheep hear my voice. The word voice is from the word phone. And Jesus was saying, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. We spend time dissecting the scripture. I know them and they follow me. I know them and they follow me. So there is a capacity in you to hear God's voice. There is a capacity in you. I, I, I use this illustration a lot. Because the word voice, you know, is where we get the the word phone from. And if somebody is in one part of the the world and you are in a different continent, you guys can hear yourselves because of telecommunication. As long as the other person from the other end has network and you have network, you guys can talk to yourselves and you can hear yourselves like um, you're standing face to face. Now, if the human, If the human mind can develop such technology, how much more the spirit of God, how much more God himself, right? God himself. And and, and most of the times we have this problem, you're calling somebody and the person can't hear, especially on an international call, or there's a bad network. The person is talking, but the other person can't hear. What's the problem? A lot of us have to say network. The same way in the realm of the spirit, there is sometimes a network problem. There is a network problem. Not that God is not talking, but from the receiver's end, there is a network problem. And all we are trying to do is to fine-tune the network, praise God. It's to fine-tune the network. And that's what we are trying to do. God has not stopped talking to us. God has not stopped guiding us. What we need to do is to fine-tune the network. Hallelujah. John 10, 1-5. It says, very and truly, praise God, very and truly, I say unto you, it says, um, Anyone who does not enter, it's very true that I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gates, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief. Hallelujah. Is a thief. Is a thief. (laughs) It says, but climbs in by another way, is a thief. Verse 2. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Hallelujah. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listens to his voice. Glory to God. The sheep listens to his voice. When he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out, he calls his own sheep by name. See, God is very specific in his guidance. God is very, very specific, child of God. God is specific in the way he guides us. He deals with everyone specifically. He says, I call them by their name and lead them out. When he has brought up all his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They know he's so inside of you as a child of God is the capacity to identify God's voice. It's our capacity to know when God is talking to you. It's the capacity to get those signals from God, that direction from God. You know, a lot of people say, Oh, I don't know what to do. Casera, sera, whatever will be, will be. No, 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 a thousand times no. Whatever will be doesn't necessarily, whatever becomes does not mean that God permitted it. A lot of people feel that, look, whatever happens to me is the will of God. Not not true, not necessarily, but if you train yourself to hear God's voice and learn to be led by the Spirit, believe you me, then you will see the will of God manifest in your life. Verse five here says, but they will never follow a stranger's voice. Hallelujah. So you just don't have the capacity to hear God. You have the capacity to know when it's a stranger's voice. That like they will never face a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So there is an ability in every child of God to be led by the Spirit. There is an ability in us. It's not a cliche. It's not just for the um, the pastors or those that have um, massive spiritual muscles or those that have been working with the Lord for a very long time. No, it's not. From the day you got born again, your spirit became alive to God. From the day you got born again, your spirit became alive to God. You can hear God for yourself. And I tell people, you see, when I got when I got born again, and I had this interesting chat with with God in my spirit, you know, and I told God, God, look, if I'm gonna become a Christian. I want to grow spiritually. I, I didn't want to just be a regular or just um, a casual Christian. I said, God, if I'm going to work with you, then you're going to help me grow. And, and from then on, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think that one of the things that God has blessed me with is my ability to hear him and follow his instructions, no matter how crazy it might be. And, 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 and hearing God's voice can save your life, not that it can't, it will save your life, it will prevent you from untimely death, destruction, people have gotten involved in accidents they should have never been, if they are just listening to their spirit, praise God, I can't do I can't, I can't, I can't a good review of everything we've talked about, they, had, they, they lost that piece on their inside concerning an investment, but they went ahead because in the natural, it looked good. Inside of them, they knew that they should have not married that person or um, gone out with that person, but just because their feelings wanted them to, or their feelings were crying for something, they went ahead. We can't be led by feelings, child of God. We can't. Praise God. I said there were three problems with God leads us by: His written word, by His inward by His inward voice. Right? We talked about that. Then I said the other ways God leads us, and we we can't deal with them in this episode or in this season. Um, God's authoritative voice, vision, dreams, angels, praise God. So today, I want to just go straight into what I want to talk about, and that is um, how to increase your sensitivity, how to exercise your hearing. You know, how um, most of times, like I said, it's not that God is not talking, okay, it's that we've not exercised ourselves, we've not... Um, we are not sensitive enough. We practically want the roof to open. And we want seven red cars to, to pass by us. We want the lady who say, God, if she's the one, then let her wear a red dress and carry a red bag and wear a black shoe. Come on. <laughs> Listen to me. If you're going to depend on the natural for God to lead you, then be ready to be manipulated by the devil. If you're going to depend on the natural for God to lead you, then be ready to be manipulated by the devil. Praise God. Because the Bible calls him the the priest, the God of this world, the priest of the power of the air. He can move things and shake things. if 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 he perceives that, look, you are looking for something natural to convince you about what God wants you to do, then he will give you a different conviction. He will give you a different conviction. So we're talking about seven things to do to increase our sensitivity to hearing God. Seven things. Glory to God. I'm going to just run through them. I'm going to go through different scriptures. I'm going to bring out several things. But let me just lay them out right now. Number one, walk in the light of what he has told you before. Number two, be open. Number three, worship and fasting. Number three, watch what you what and who you fellowship with. Number five, let your superiors or mentors judge what you have heard. Number six, praying in the spirit. Number seven, step out in faith. Right? These are... All these are probably one hour each teaching, but we're, we're going to see how what we can do in today's Bible study, how we can go through them as quickly as we can. And I want you to just um, go back to the other series, listen to all of them and add this to it. And I trust God that um, you're going to be impacted. Your hearing that is going to increase. Praise God. Number one, walk in the light of what he has told you before. Walk in the light of what God has told you before. We've talked about the greeting word. We've talked about how um, it's important for us to walk in the light of what the Lord um, has written in his word. But also we must walk in the light of what God has told us before. A lot of times people, um, people have perceived God's lead in a particular direction. People have Heard God talk to them to do something, right? But they do something else. They do something else. Or somebody else comes and tells them something different, and their Bible what God has told them to do something else. Let's look at a particular scripture. First Kings chapter 13, 1 to 25. It's a long read, but I, I want you to read it. I want us to read it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go. First um, Kings. It says, "By the word, by the word of the Lord, a man of God came to Judea to better, Hallelujah." As Jeroboam, as Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make an offering, verse two. By the word of the Lord, he cried. A, a, the Bible says, "By the word of the Lord, a man of God came to Judea." And verse two, by one of by the word of the Lord, he cried out against the altar. Now Jeroboam was acting funny, doing all kinds of wrong stuff against God and His Word. And God sent a man of God, and he cried out against the altar, altar, altar. This is what the Lord says: A son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. On you he will sacrifice the priests of the high places. He will make offerings here, and human bones will be burned on it. Verse three. That same day, the man of God gave a sign. This is the sign the Lord has declared: the altar will be split apart, and ashes will be poured out. When the king Jeroboam heard what the man of God cried out against the altar at Bethel, he stretched forth his hand, stretched out his hand from the altar, and said, "Seize him!" You know, God sent somebody to warn you, and this guy is angry, and he says, "Seize him." But the hand he stretched out towards the man, she held up so that he could not pull it back. Also, the altar was split apart and his ashes poured up according to the sign given by the man of God by the word of the Lord. Verse 6. Then the king said to the man of God, intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand might be restored. So the man of God interceded with the Lord and the king's hand was restored and became as it was before. This is some supernatural moves, man. So the, the, the altar split opened, the man had got stuck, and they couldn't pull it back, and the man prayed and the hand came back. Verse 7, the king said to the man, now, follow me from here. Listen, the king said to the man, come home with me for a meal, and I will give you a gift. Verse 8, but the man of God answered the king, even if you were to give me half of your possession, I could not go with you. Nor would I eat bread or drink water. Verse 7. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. Listen again. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. So he took another road and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. The Lord gave him an express instruction. Don't forget, number one, do what, no, walk in the light of what He has told you to do. The Lord gave him an instruction don't drink water, don't come, don't return by the way you came. Verse 11. Now there was a certain old prophet living in better. There was a certain old prophet living in better. Now I don't want you to, um, um, just look at the word "old prophet." It can be anybody. It can be. It can be the media. It can be um, somebody else you expect. It doesn't have to be a prophet. But now there was a certain prophet living in Bethel, whose sons came and told him all that the man of God had done there that day. They also told their father what he had said to the king. Verse twelve. The father asked him, "Which way did he go?" And his sons showed him which road the man of God from Judea had taken. So he said to his sons. Sawing the donkey for me, and when he had sawed the donkey for him, he mounted it. I'm going somewhere. Please don't strap. And he rode after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak tree and asked, "Are you the man of God who came from Judah?" "I am," he replied. Right. So the prophet said to him, "Come home with me and eat. Come home with me and eat." The man of God said, I cannot turn back and go with you, nor can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. I have been told by the word of the Lord. You must not eat bread or drink water there or return by the way you came. This was an express instruction by God to him. An express instruction. The old prophet answered, am I not a prophet as you are? Ooh. You know, sometimes when we question our faith, question what we said with her and God, they question it. And an angel said to him, by the word of the Lord, you know, am I, am I? he said, I too am a prophet as you well. are, And an angel said to me, by the word of the Lord, bring me back. Oh, no. Oh, no. He said, bring me back with you to your house so that he may eat bread and drink water. But he was lying to him. Oh, sad. He was lying to him. Now, this man had heard God. He had heard what God had told him. And he had partially obeyed. Now, somebody else came and said they heard God. And it just appeared to them a senior colleague. So, the man of God returned with him and ate ate and drank in his house. Verse 20. While they were sitting at a table, the word of the Lord came to the old prophet. Who had brought him back? He cried out to the man of God, who had come from Judah. This is what the Lord says. Now the the real spirit of God now came upon the old prophet. And says, you have defiled the word of the Lord and have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back and ate bread and drank water in the place where he Told you not to eat or drink, therefore, your body will not be buried in the tomb of your ancestors. When the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the prophet had brought him, who had brought him back, served his donkey for him. As he went out on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him. A lion on the way met him and killed him. His body was left lying on the road with both the donkey and the lion standing side by side. This is a very Sad story, but there's a lot to learn from it. You see, God had what has God told you? You must walk in the light of what He has told you. You must walk in the light of what God has told you. This old prophet came and lied to him that God told him something else. And he left what God had told him. See, whatever anybody tells you, child of God, it has to confirm what. Already was in your spirit. If it does not, if it's not in alignment what God is telling you or what you perceive your spirit, keep it somewhere. Don't expressly obey until you have that witness in your spirit concerning it. Uncept you have that witness in your spirit to do it. Don't jo- people get mad to people because the prophet said they should. Don't don't marry anybody because a prophet told you that is your husband, that is your wife. Don't move to a different location because a prophet said, uh, I saw a vision that you were in so-so-and-so place. Don't do that, child of God. You are responsible. Look, God loves you enough. He lives inside of you. And if you need to make a critical decision, then trust me is going to talk to you about it. He's going to talk to you about it. I've seen lots of people make life critical decisions because somebody else told them. No. You must walk in the light of what you know. You must walk in the light of what God has spoken to you. Am I taking the, I'm always saying that prophets don't exist. No. This was also a young prophet, and God told him, and God did a lot through him. But you see, when the old prophet came, he wasn't in the spirit. And whether you like it or not, all of us are not in the spirit every time. Nobody is in the spirit, in quote, 100%. Nobody, oh God, help me. Nobody is in the spirit, 100%. And so you must be able to, dis, to, to decide what is, what is man and what is God and what is flesh and what is emotion. This young prophet, it can be a young entrepreneur, it doesn't have to be a prophet, it can be a young businessman, a young engineer, a young doctor, lost his life. This was what God saw. The Spirit of God had had seen ahead that, look, if he had done that and gone back the way he came or disobeyed, there was danger in front of you. Most of the times we we don't want to obey God because we don't have the full picture. But you don't need to have the full picture. You just need to obey. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Let's, let's move to the next subject. It's it's a whole um, it's a whole series on its own. You must you must believe what you have heard. You must, even if you hear something from outside or you're given a counsel, or somebody gives you a vision, a revelation, whatever it is, it must resonate with what God has been talking to you about. Or you can take it to God in prayer, but you cannot run with it, hook, line, and sinker. You can't run with it, except God confirms it to you. It's important. You will have the steering of your own life. You have the steering of your life, and you, you must train yourself to get more accurate and precise in God's leading. Number two, be open. You know, a lot of times people are not open. Um, they already have a mindset when they come to God to ask for maybe direction or wisdom. They are never open. They, they, God. Um, I have plan A, plan B. Um, choose one of them, <laughs> and they don't want to hear God says neither of the two. It's neither of the two. So uh, there's company A. Um, I have a, an offer in of company A or company B. And they don't hear that um, it can be neither of the two. Or I have this guy and this other guy and I'm attracted to both of them. Um, which one do you have from? In In, in these times, people feel that um, God can't lead them to who to marry. And I know I'm saying that. But trust me, if you marry the wrong person, you're going to live a frustrated life. And if, and if God doesn't want to be so frustrated, then he's going to get involved in that area of your life as well. Praise God. So let's read Jonah chapter 1. Uh, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because it, its wickedness has come up before me. The Lord told him, Go to Nineveh, expressly. But you see, Verse three. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went a different direction. Jonah was not open to hearing God about Nineveh. He, he hated Nineveh so much he didn't want to give them a chance. He wasn't open to the fact that God could tell him to go to Nineveh. So people are not open lot of people are not open to the fact of a different thing from what they like. And so when they are going to God in prayer concerning God's direction, they are always talking to God about what they like, who they like, what they love, what they have feelings for, what they have passion for. Now am I saying that God's always going to lead you against what you like? Absolutely not. but I'm saying be open. I'm saying be open. Be open, maybe you be an employer your life. Be open to be an employer. To start a new business. Maybe you've been doing your business all this while, and for the last 10 years you've been self-employed. Be open to go back to regular employment. Be open. Be open. Most of the times when we hit a roadblock, it's because we are not open. Be open to the next, to, to what God wants you to do. Don't just come with your plans, right? Verse 3, he went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for the port. After praying the the affair, he went on board and searched for tashes to flee from the Lord, going a different direction. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Verse 5, all the sailors were afraid, and each cried out of his ground, and they threw their cargo to the sea to lighten the ship. And if you, if you read the story, you, you we all know the story of how Jonah got to the belly of the fish. What got him there? What got Jonah to the path where he was in the belly of the fish? He just was not open to God telling him to go to Nineveh. And lots of times, it's not necessary that God even wants us to, to do that thing, but he needs us to be in that open state, in that state of neutral. Many people already have, um, if you're driving, you know, they've, they've done a change, the trafficator, the, the it's already turned into a direction, and I just pray to God to just confirm that direction. Sometimes you might have to be on neutral with God. I'll say it again, sometimes, you know, someone needs to hear this, you have to be on neutral. So, you know, when you're on neutral, it means sometimes you can go reverse, right? Ha, ha, ha. You know, yeah, we said it's the part of the just like a shiny light and it shines brighter and brighter, and we are making progress. And sometimes progress might be just going back to doing something that he told you to do. Sometimes progress might be putting the car, the gear in reverse. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I, mean, I believe you're learning something. Number three. Worship and fasting. Yeah. Worship and fasting. You know, we, we live in a very busy time. We, we are so busy. So busy. Everybody's working. Um, 12 hours, 7 hours, 5 hours. You get back, you have kids, you have this, you have that. And the next morning you're up again. And if you're not careful, you will find out that you've gone a long time without praying without worshiping God, without taking out time to just know what God will have for you to do. And people have gone through this circle for 10 years sometimes, wake up in the morning, get back at work every day, and all they think about is just the mundane things, nothing like purples, nothing like what is God's will for me. And so if you're going to get to that place of purpose, God's will, being led, from time to time, you need to take out time to worship and fast. Let's look at this. Just need to take out time to just be with God. I think that that's just better. Just take out time, take out the day, just no phones, no TV, no social media, and just be with God. Acts 13 from verse 1, it says, among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria, were Barnabas, Simeon, called the black man, Lucius from Crenia, Mark, Manian, you know, the child companion of King Herod, and so. But verse 2 says this. One day as these men were worshipping the Lord and fasting, as they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, if you're going to increase your sensitivity, then you must do this often. He said, while they were worshipping and fasting, the Holy Spirit, it's easier for you to hear God. You are fine-tuning your hearing ability every time you take out time to worship the Lord and fast and spend time with him. He says, as they worship the Lord and, and were fasting, the Lord said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special works which I've called them. So after fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Hallelujah. What created the atmosphere? What what, what increased the antennas? was fasting and prayer, fasting, worshiping the Lord, taking out time and spending time with God. If that issue is that critical to you, then, then you have to spend time. You no, know, God is not, um, you know, God, I need this now. Just tell me what to do. What I don't have the time. I don't have the time to waste. Look, spending time with God is not a waste. It's an investment. It's an investment that is worth it at every point in time. He a, a said, a, as they worshiped the Lord and were fasting, they took out time. What is fasting? Separating yourself from distractions, from food and other distractions, and spending time in the Word. That's what they were doing, a group of people. You know, it, a side note, it's not part of it. But you should have people like that in your life, really. You should have one or two people in your life, really, that you just you know from time, you just take out time to just pray with them and just fast and just worship the Lord. And trust me, in those kind of atmospheres, the Lord speaks. But we are so busy about everything else in our lives, our families, our hobbies, our bills, just even in the morning, it's just like a few minutes to just pray and talk to God. It's a problem. While the alarm comes on, everybody's on the run. If you live that way, you're going to live a mundane life. There won't be anything extra to you. There won't be anything extra to you. You need to spend time with God. Hallelujah. So spending time with the Lord, fasting, worshiping with the Lord increases your sensitivity. Increase your sensitivity, praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Increase your sensitivity. You know, I remember sometime in 2018, um, I have this friend of mine that we used to pray from time to time. And I, I think I was, I was going to a different country just a few days before I went to that country. And I just went with my friends and we prayed. And I was praying there, and, and I said something, you know, and after I left. I just knew God was talking to me. What I said was not a joke. It was God talking to me. And that particular decision or that particular, from then I started taking out time to pray about it. You know? And that's that's how life is. That's how we live by the Spirit. Number four, watch what and who you fellowship with. Many will not know that um, they can either enhance their sensitivity or they can reduce their sensitivity by who they fellowship with and what's the fellowship with now, I use the word works yes specifically because people think fellowship is only about with um humans or um somebody we can see and talk to but we're going to learn something differently you know listen to me um when you watch some kind of movies you listen to some kind of songs what you're doing you are fellowshipping with the spirit behind that song you are faced with the spirit behind that movie. You are having a kind of fellowship with that spirit that inspired that movie, that inspired that song. You know, and if you're not careful, that spirit is going to come on you. And what happens is that it deadens your senses, your spiritual senses. It weakens your capacity to hear God. Praise God. I, I wish I had time to talk about this but not today, but let's read first of all, chapter four from verse one. It says, now the spirit actually says that in the latter times, some would depart from the faith, giving what they gave heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Oh my goodness. They gave heed. They listened. They fellowshiped. They spent time with deceiving spirits. And where was it, where were these spirits operating? In the lives of people they knew. They were hanging around people that had the spirits and, doc- and were teaching doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience smeared with a hot iron. Having their conscience here, don't forget, the conscience is the voice of the human spirit, of the recreated human spirit. And once your conscience is constantly being smeared with hot iron, your ability to pick signals from God, instructions from your from God is weakened. It's weakened. If you keep spending time with deceiving spirits, with doctrines of demons, hallelujah. The Bible says what you're gonna. Listen to lying spirits, speaking lies and hypocrisy. Having that conscience snared. And once your conscience is snared, your hearing ability is weakened. You know, he says, forbidden to marry, and commanding to abstain from food, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Praise God. Commanding to abstain. It was, you know, yeah, we can abstain from some kind of foods and, and all of that. Maybe you're watching your way or doing something. But to not be a commandment and say, oh, because you are uh, following this faith or this sect, you can't eat this. The Bible calls it doctrine of devils. Whoa. The Bible calls it, when it becomes a commandment, a doctrine, it becomes doctrine of devils. Praise God. So what I want to bring out here is watch out for your conscience to be snared. If you're with the wrong spirits, you're going to weaken your conscience. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14. This Bible study, right? So you're going to read a lot of scriptures. Bible study is reading Bible. So I'm reading that six verse fourteen says, "Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? What fellowship has light with darkness? Look, if all your friends are unbelievers, you're you're weakening your your sensitivity to the Holy Ghost." If everybody around you doesn't believe in what you believe, and you say, ah, um, my best friends are, oh, they don't um, believe, they're not they are not, they're not Christians, they are not uh, people of faith, but I like them anyway, Jesus loves everybody. Yeah, Jesus loves everybody, but he didn't hang out with everybody, right? You know, communion, fellowship has to do with spending time sharing opinions, receiving from that person and giving to that person. And listen to me, it's easier to pull down than to pull up. Have you tried, maybe in top of the mountain, do you know the person beneath you has, um, no matter how light the person is, has an advantage to pull you down than you that you are up to pull the person up? So what friendship does like God to do with darkness? If you're going to keep hanging around people that, that don't value the things of God, that don't talk about the love of God. Don't 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 talk about worshiping with the Holy Spirit and, and, and doing the things of God. Going to church, you're going to weaken your senses of hearing God. Your ability to hear God will be will reduce. Verse fifteen says, "And what accord has light as Christ with Belia? What part as a believer with an unbeliever?" Verse sixteen. What agreement as the temple of God with idols? What agreement? You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So where do you go to? Hey, do you go to those interesting parties, right? Where do you go to? You know what I'm talking about. Where do you hang out? Praise God. For you are, Notice, for you are the temple of the living God. Number five, that's wrong. Let your superiors or mentors judge what you've heard. This this looks like an oxymoron. You know, I say from the beginning, I said, follow what God has told you, right? And whatever somebody tells you, confirm it in your spirit. Now I'm saying that let your superiors judge what you've heard. I'm going to give credit to this, to a dear man of God, Kenan E. Hagen, a blessed memory. You know, he wrote a book on how to be led by the Spirit. And I think that every every believer should read that book. I think it's the number one book when it comes to being led by the Spirit of God. Um, very important. Very, very important. And in that book, he talked about this, right? Uh, you've heard God for yourself. God told you, okay, go, go do something. Now, I, I don't believe that every any child of God should go without um, a superior, a pastor, a, a leader, you should always have somebody ahead of you that you talk to, right? That you share your revelations with, that God talks to you, that um, can instruct you, can correct you, can bring you to other when you're going off course. You must have such people in your lives. You know, everybody that does not have somebody like that in front of them is a dangerous person. Somebody must be able to call you to other, right? Every every child of God should have somebody like that. I remember when I was getting married to my wife. I uh, I gave her three names of people and their Mm -hmm. phone numbers. And I said to them, um, if if I ever begin to do something that you don't like, misbehave or something, look, you don't have my permission. Call them and report me. Call them and report me. Because um, I've given that permission and and I've given those people also the right and permission to judge and correct me. You see, Babs says there is are safety, 16 safety, of cancer. So it's important that you have such people in your lives. It's so important that you have such people in your life because they will help you to judge um, what you said you heard God, right? No man has an absolute knowledge of God. No man. No man has an absolute knowledge of every revelation. So the first Corinthians chapter 14 verse 28, let's read this. It says, but if there is no interpreter, Let him keep silent in church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Verse twenty-nine. I'm going. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. Let two or three prophets. Now, this is in area of prophecy, but it can be related with God talking to us. We must give our revelations and our superiors the permission to judge what we said we heard. Right? We must give them that permission. Now am I saying that everything you want to do um, you, you must ask for permission not necessarily you must find that balance yeah mm-hmm. you're still responsible for your life and your destiny but but you don't take critical decisions in your life without speaking to your superiors and let them judge what you heard I, I remember um, um, before I came into Canada as a missionary, um, when I started feeling, when I started hearing in my spirit, you know, I was posturing somewhere else, back in that country. And the Lord started talking to me, okay, I want to you as a missionary, I've never been a missionary before up until now, uh, go to Canada as a missionary. I just didn't wake up and just pack my bags and say, oh, I'm moving to Canada. I just pack. <laughs> I move my, my wife and my kids. I just, no, I didn't do that. So what did I do? I took what I, I perceived I had God and I brought before my superiors at different points in time. And I told them this is what the Lord is telling me. I knew what God told me. I wasn't um I wasn't um mistaken, I knew, but I but um, I'm also a man under authority, right? So I brought my revelation to them and I said, This is what um I believe the spirit of God is leading me to do. And thank God uh, they all said they believed. God was talking to me about it, and they blessed me, and he told me, you can go ahead, right? I think that's the right way to go. You are safer that way. You are safer that way. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, number six, praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. This is going to be a topic we're going to have. Take a month to talk about and trash, right? It's a super-duper topic, right? Romans 8, verse 26 says... And it's similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of our infirmities. Human, you know, our uh, human f- frailty and empowers us in our weakness. I'm reading the Passion Translation. For example, at times we don't know how to pray or know the best thing to ask for, especially when it comes to taking um, decisions. You don't know where to turn, A or B. You're, you're at the crossroad. We don't know how best to pray. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to superintercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional signs too deep for words. Glory to God. Verse 27. God, the search of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us. He's holding us in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. Long and short story. When we pray in the spirit, when we pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray in perfect harmony with God's plans and purposes for our destiny and lives. And that's why look, we need to fight for our prayer lives. You live in North America like I do. You know that you need to fight for your prayer life. Oh, my goodness. If you have to wake up 3 a.m., 30 minutes before um, your regular time and pray in the Spirit, please do. Maybe you missed out on some days during the week. Take out your off days from work and take out time to pray an hour in the Spirit. He says when we pray in the Spirit, we pray in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. So we are convinced. Some people say things. Like, all things work together for good. No, all things are only going to work together for good for those that pray in the Spirit. Not just for those that love God, but for those that have spent time to pray in the Spirit. For we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. For we are loved, His lovers, and we have been called to fulfill His design purpose. But this can only happen When we are praying in the spirit. And when I mean pray, I'm not talking about five minutes. Lord, bless me, bless my wife, bless my children, bless my dog, and no one else. No. I'm talking about praying in the spirit. Effectively. Depositing time in prayer. You're spending time to pray in the spirit. When you do that, concerning a subject, the wisdom of God will rise up on your inside. Oh, the wisdom of God will rise up on your inside. Praise God. Lastly, I want to say step out in faith. Don't wait till you know everything. It, I, I, I don't want to stretch this topic, but look, if you go through the scriptures, you will find out that God never gives anybody the full picture. Nobody has the full picture of God's will for his life. I'll say it again categorically. Nobody has the full picture of God's will for his or her life. All God gives you is just a tiny revelation. A tiny revelation. And he tells you, take the first step. Until you take step one, he will not reveal step two to you. Or sometimes he might reveal step one and two and three. And reveal step 20. And he expects you from step three to trust him step by step. Many will have missed out on God's best because they're waiting to get the whole picture and understand the whole plan before they step out. God doesn't work that way. He's the God of faith and he expects his children to also step out in faith when he talks to them. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. For in the righteous of God is revealed from faith to faith. It is written, the righteous, the just shall live by faith. Even when it comes to being led by the Spirit, you have to be led, you have to live by faith. You have to live by faith. I, I, you know, one of the stories that inspired me a lot in the Bible is the story of Father Abraham. How do you tell a 75 year old man, pack your bags? leave your father's house. I will go to a land that I will show you. You mean he didn't tell him where he was going? He just told him, pack your bags and leave. On your way, I will tell you, I will will tell you a land that I will give to you. Who does that? Who does that? I I don't know how many people are going to be that brave to step out. But see, if Abraham never took that first step, we will not be talking about him today. Abraham didn't know the land he was sending into. to. He had no idea. So imagine Abraham went from, um, from Toronto to Vancouver. And when he got to Vancouver, they asked him, Why are you going to? Um, I'm going to a land that the Lord will show me. He, he would sound, there's something wrong with this guy. But no, he's a man of the spirit. And from Vancouver, he moves to... Uh, uh, maybe Winnipeg or he moves to Texas and when he gets Texas, on the accent, where are you going to? And he says uh, to a land that the Lord will show me. It doesn't make sense, right? But that's how God wants us to live by faith. For Revelation chapter 11 from verse 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You must step out in faith when you don't see it in natural. As long as you've gotten a word from God concerning it and the Lord has asked you to step out, then step out. If you do these seven things that I've listed, you would have increased, you increase your sensitivity and you exercise your hearing. Your ability to hear will be enhanced. Hallelujah. Your ability to hear is going to be enhanced if you do this If you walk in the light of what you know. Praise God. If you are open, you don't try to box God into a corner. God choose A or B and nothing else. If you spend time in worship, fasting, and prayer, if you watch what and who you fellowship with, and you let your superiors or mentors judge what you've heard, you pray in the spirit often, and after all these things and God talks to you, you step out in faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. These things are very important. Like I said, Praying in the spirit can save your life. Praying in the spirit can save you from loss. Can save your children. You know, you can tell where to take your children to. You can tell. You can tell that look, God wants me to take my children to this school or that school. And you might not have other reasons. And the others might not be a bad school. But the Lord has seen ahead. Don't forget that old and young prophet. The Lord has seen ahead what would happen to him if he disobeyed, if he spent time eating, the Lord knows a five minutes, a ten minutes of deviating from God's plan and God's will can be that deadly. Can be that deadly. Hallelujah. Can be that deadly. Can be that deadly. I want to encourage you today that look, as we fellowship in God and His word, trust Him. Trust Him. No matter the stage and the face of your life you're in, and you seem not to know what to do, trust me, the one that knows what to do lives on your inside. Just connect, make sure that network is good. Yeah, I talked about it. Make sure that network, fine tune your network, increase your sensitivity. If you have to take out time to pray and spend time, take days off work to pray, please do, it's worth it. Imagine if okay, I want to get married to somebody, you want to get married to somebody, it's what you taking out time to pray about it, right? Or you want to relocate, right? You want to do something important to your life, then it's what investment. Watch who you fellowship with. Now, you no, know, people talk about okay. Um, everybody's my friend. No, everybody can be your friend. You can't feel every kind of person. Praise God. You're you have a different spirit. Bible says he that is born from above is above all. Hallelujah. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with God. What you join yourself with affects you. What you join yourself with, careful what you watch, what you read, what you hear. Hallelujah. Pray in the spirit. Be open. Hallelujah. Our Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the ability to um, fellowship in your word, listen to your word, and grow. And Lord, we ask that in the name of Jesus. You enhance and increase our capacity to hear you. I pray for anyone that needs to take a critical decision. I declare that your wisdom will be at work right now. Spirit of wisdom, walk right now in their hearts, touch their minds, let them receive from heaven. You are the spirit of truth. Guide them in the path that they should go. We thank you, God. We give you praise. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to hear from you. Praise God. Have the word blessed you. Praise God. Send us a message. Praise God. At KingswordBC@gmail.com, or write a comment on our Facebook post, KingswordBC, or in your center okay? mm-hmm. or Instagram handle KingswordBC, or in your same times. Praise mm-hmm. God. Hallelujah. Amen. And like I want you to invite someone for the next Bible study. Um, refer the teachings on Facebook to. As many people share on your platform, hallelujah. Someone needs to hear this. Amen. We've done uh, eight weeks now of Bible study. Praise God. And I know you've been blessed. Praise God. So next month, we're going to have an interesting time. Uh, we're going, I'm going to teach something um, that's going to help you. Praise God. From God's word, and you'll be blessed. You know, I'm, I'm saving, watch out for the flyers from next week. It's going to help everyone Praise God. And we're going to be sharing some of the things that God has taught me. And the time is going to be winning against all odds. Hallelujah. Winning against all odds. Praise God. Winning against all odds. If there's anyone that has won against all odds, I think uh, I've got some stories to share and some experiences from God's word. God bless you. I'll see you next week, Saturday, same time, 8 o'clock. Praise God. Or whatever time you're watching from or you're even watching the replay. God bless you. And stay blessed. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us here at Kingswood International Church. We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingsworth International Church, British Columbia. Feel free to visit our website at kingswoodbritishcolumbia.com. That is com for more teachings. God bless you.